Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. With the first pick in the ultimate NBA mock draft. First of all, wingspan. There's weaknesses to his game. An explosive athlete. That's like his floor. A high ceiling. He's going to be the next LeBron James. This pick really should be that simple. It's Kate Cunningham. Evan Mobley. Jalen Green. Jonathan Kaminga. Jalen Suggs. And now, let's send it over to our Odyssey expert and the White Mamba himself, Brian Scalabrine. Is the man who built the world of NBA draft coverage. And that is Chad Ford. Jimmy Patos from Odyssey. And former NBA GM, Ryan McDonough. Welcome to the 2021 Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. I'm David Locke, joined at our main desk by Locked On NBA Draft hosts Rafael Barlow and Richard Stamen. You are about to experience the ultimate NBA mock draft with voices from all sorts of experts. Leading off with former NBA general manager, the man who was important in building the base of the Phoenix Suns, Ryan McDonough from Odyssey, Chad Ford who is the NBA draft guru of all gurus. After decade plus with ESPN, he's now with Locked On and Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast. He'll be joining us. Plus, the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network are each in their draft room right now, acting as general manager. In fact, trade talk has started to bubble around the league as we begin to embark upon the 2021 Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Plus, the incredible sports radio hosts of Odyssey dropping in to give us their expertise. Longtime college coach and an analyst, Jimmy Patos from Odyssey, stops by to join us. And the other half of the Locked On NBA Draft team, the Draft Dummies, will come in. So, over the next five days on the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft, you'll have expert point of views, local experts, strong takes, and an understanding of this 2021 NBA draft that's unprecedented. So subscribe right now on your Odyssey app or whatever podcast provider you are listening so that you get this ultimate NBA mock draft each day released for you, taking you picks one through 30. Let me introduce you to our main desk. Joining us from the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast, Rafael Barlow, also host of the YouTube channel NBA Draft Junkies. Rafael, welcome. And what's your take on the 2021 NBA Draft? Well, I'm looking forward to getting started. The draft process hasn't been as long as 2020, which is like the longest draft process ever. But this class has been hyped for years. Evan Mobley and Kay Cunningham have been projected to go one and two. Even Jalen Green have been projected to be top three picks, it seems like, for the past four years. So I'm ready to get it over. I'm, I'm looking forward to everything that comes along with this draft because I think there is going to be some guys that are highly regarded that are going to flame out pretty early. Oh, interesting take right out of the shoot. Richard Stamen joins us, longtime known for part of his Mavs draft work, now over on Locked On NBA Draft, which you can get on your Odyssey app as well. Richard, what's your take on the 2021 draft? Last year, I didn't have that many first-round grades on a lot of guys. This year, I have a surplus of first-round grades. I'm more than 30, which just speaks to the depth that someone's going to get good value even in the second round, I think. You know, it extends past pick 30 even. There's two forces going on here. The NBA's at its peak, has the most talent it's ever had. The best athletes in the world are all playing basketball, and so the draft seems stronger year in and year out. However, let me be, let's be honest about how the NBA draft is very different than the NFL draft. You go into NFL draft Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and as your team comes out, you're expecting to get five or six players on each roster alone that contribute to your team in the next year. The NBA draft is very different. Over the entire 60 picks they're taking, plus free agency, you'll probably get 20 players that end up making an impact in the league next year. Out of those 20 players, it breaks down traditionally following seven or eight of them out of the top 10, which means two of the top 10 picks are likely to not become regular NBA rotation players. From 11 to 30, it's usually only about 
50% of those players end up being rotation players. In the second round, you get two or three. In free agencies, you get two and three. So I'm expecting some honesty out of you guys as well today because not every pick is going to be perfect, and too many draft shows act like they are. One guy we know will be honest is the man who built the world of NBA draft coverage, and that is Chad Ford. Decade plus at ESPN, now hosting the Chad Ford NBA Big Board. You can get that on your Odyssey app or your podcast provider as well with incredible analysis. And he joins us from Hawaii for the ultimate 2021 NBA mock draft. He'll also be with us on the live TV show that'll be streaming live on your Odyssey app. It is also going to be coming to you through the Locked On NBA YouTube channel, coming live out of the WFAA studios in Dallas. Chad Ford is with us. You'll catch him on draft night. The only place to catch him on draft night will be on our live TV show, along with Rafael Barlow, who you just heard a moment ago. Chad has been the draft guy like that's what he's been for decades with espn and now with locked on you can get his podcast the chad ford nba big board and chad now people can read you as well the draft coverage up and running at chad ford's big board online as well yeah it's been awesome i love love working with with locked on been love doing the podcast and and love this uh new you know email newsletter and and website at nbabigboard.com that I'm doing with Substack. It's 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 been awesome. Tons of content coming. All right, let's All right. let's get to this draft. For a long time, people have been excited about this draft, and they've been excited about the very top of this draft. Give me your take on how good the top of this draft is and where the tier ends. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, you've got Cade Cunningham, who is has one of the highest floors of any draft prospect that I've covered in a really long time. It, it's hard to fathom a scenario where he isn't at least like a really good starter to like borderline all-star. That's like his floor, which is really, really exciting. You've got Evan Mobley, who is one of the most freakishly fluid big men that we've had in the draft in a really long time. And then you have Jalen Green, this explosive 99 percentile athlete who could end up averaging somewhere between 25 and 30 points a night in the NBA. I mean, that's, that's really exciting at the top. And, and that's probably the top tier right now. Those are the three guys that are really wrestling in the minds of the first three picks in this draft. But then right after that, you've got Jalen Suggs, you've got Scotty Barnes, you've got Jonathan Kaminga. I mean, a very, very strong sort of second tier in this draft as well. And, and then it gets a little more interesting after that. But those first six picks... Uh, you're going to get a really, really talented basketball players. You had an interesting episode on Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. There's been some more talk about it. John Hollinger of Hollinger and Duncan, the Locked On Podcast Network, wrote about it. There's been a little bit more murmuring recently of whether or not Cade Cunningham should be a no-brainer number one pick. What's your take on that? Well, I think it, I think it's the hype has gotten a bit of out of control on what to expect out of Cade Cunningham. I've had people, you know, tweeting at me, he's going to be the next LeBron James. And, and I think that if you're expecting Cade Cunningham to be the next LeBron, the hype's gotten out of control. He, he's not the athlete that LeBron James is. And typically when we talk about the, the highest stratosphere of superstar uh, in the NBA, they, they are exceptional athletes where there's something else that they just do exceptionally well. And what I, what I would say about Cade Cunningham is he does lots of things well. But there are a couple of red flags. His turnover rate was was especially, you know, questionable at Oklahoma State. So so many people are projecting him as a lead primary ball handler type guard. And really the statistics just don't really bear that out. You know, some questions about some of the other sort of statistical uh, indicators that we see typically in superstars. They're just not there with Cade Cunningham. I don't think this should dissuade someone from taking him with the number one pick, but I definitely think it should temper our expectations about who this young man is and and what he's likely to do in his rookie year. Because right now I think he's sort of set up to disappoint sort of the opposite of LaMelo Ball, who everybody came in with so many question marks about him. When he started to play well, everybody was like, oh, wow, he's actually he's actually really better than I thought he was. I think Cade Cunningham is actually kind of set up, unfortunately, the opposite direction where there's almost nowhere to go but to disappoint. So I think we're just pointing out there's weaknesses to his game, and those weaknesses could significantly lower the ceiling of what he sh- he should become. And I just don't think the gap is, is nearly as big as people make it out to be between him and Evan Mobley and Jalen Green. I think all of those players, in my mind, are acceptable number one picks in this draft. 
He's Chad Ford. He'll be with us throughout the Ultimate Mock Draft. He's the NBA draft guru for decades. Remember, the live show will be locked on NBA on YouTube. Follow there. You can also get it on Roku, and you can get it on Amazon Fire. That will be coming your direction. You've heard from Raphael Barlow. You've heard from uh, Richard. You've heard from Chad Ford. We've got our own hidden gems. They're all part of the Locked On NBA Draft podcast, and they are the draft dummies. Here's their take on this draft thanks david it is sam ferris here joined as always by co-host cody aka the draft dummies all right so cody let's start very high level here looking at this draft class and let's start with uh, what are your thoughts on the top of this class well we know uh or we have good reason to believe that the top four are going to be Cade, green mobley and suggs after that this draft Ball's pretty flat for Sam and I. Kaminga is a guy people think is that fifth guy in this draft. Some think it's Giddy, such as Sam. But it's pretty even after that, and I am open to all opinions on you know how the rest of that lottery is going to play out. Yeah, we're both big fans of the top four here, and I would say there is a pretty significant drop-off after four, whether you believe that Suggs or Mobley. But I also do believe that there is a lot of value to be found in terms of potential role players down the road to be found, you know, later first round. And I could certainly see a couple playoff teams picking up valuable pieces at the end of the first round. Uh, So those are just kind of some initial thoughts looking at the layout of this class. And uh, now we'll send it over to Ryan McDonough, former NBA GM with the Phoenix Suns and now Odyssey sports expert. The most intriguing player to me in this year's draft is Jalen Green, the talented scoring guard who played in the G League for the Ignite. Jalen Green is an explosive athlete. He's wired to score. I was impressed with what he's able to do with the ball in his hands. He creates separation from his initial defender. He's a versatile scorer who's got a good burst that allows him to get all the way to the basket on drives. It also allows him to create space and make NBA threes off the dribble. He shot 36% from the NBA three-point line in the G League this year. Um, He's a big-time scorer. He has as much talent, if not more talent, offensively than any player in this year's draft. And I think he has the ability to be a go-to scorer on a very good team at a high level. He's also got a beautiful stroke with good rotation and a soft touch on his shot. So I know a lot of people didn't see him nationally because he didn't play college basketball. But I think Jalen Green is as talented as anybody in this year's draft. And I think the Detroit Pistons should consider him at number one if the Pistons go with Cunningham at wide. I don't think Green will be on the board long. Expect him to go shortly thereafter because this kid's a big-time talent. You've gotten an early taste there. Chad Ford, the Draft Dummies, and former NBA GM Ryan McDonough, our Odyssey expert. So it's time. The clock has started, and the draft room of the Detroit Pistons is underway. Raphael, is there any doubt what they do here? There's been a little murmur recently about whether or not Cade Cunningham is actually a dominant pick. John Hollinger, who hosts Hollinger and Duncan on the Locked On Podcast Network, started some murmur that, hey, this is not a no-brainer. Chad Ford's NBA Big Board had a show where someone said he's not the number one pick. Is this a no-brainer to you that Cade Cunningham is the number one pick, Raphael? This is a no-brainer. No need to overthink it. It's almost to the point now where Every year, if a guy is projected to go number one, you start picking them apart. I know Kay does have some flaws. He had more turnovers than assists, which is not something you normally look for in a guy that is projected to be the number one pick. And even someone that a lot of people may consider a primary ball handler. But to me, stick with Kay. It's a lot of smoke screen. I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I can echo every statement of Raphael's. You know, the athleticism isn't crazy off the charts, but he's 6'7", 6'8". You don't find that in a lead ball handler. He's a clear core piece to any rebuilding team. The only question I have on him is you look at his numbers. His transition numbers are not great. That's usually the sign of an elite athlete is someone who does great stuff in transition. He was below 50 percentile last year in transition, which makes me wonder there's a difference between athleticism and functional athleticism. Sometimes you're lacking functional athleticism. It'll be worth keeping an eye on. All right, let's go. Pick number one is in. Let's go to the Locked On Pistons show and inside the Pistons draft room to find out what they're doing with the number one pick. Kuka Hill here with the Locked On Pistons podcast and with the number one pick in the Locked On Network's ultimate mock draft. 
the Detroit Pistons select Kay Cunningham from Oklahoma State. This pick really should be that simple. It shouldn't take the Pistons much time at all. They should not be thinking about any trades. They should not be thinking about any other prospects. Cade is the best prospect in this draft. He's going to be the best player in this draft. And the Pistons need the guy. They've been needing the guy since probably since back in Grant Hill. Even in 2004 when they won the championship, no one says they had the guy. They say they had the best starting five alive. The Pistons have not had that type of franchise player since probably Grant Hill. And they have a chance to get one right here. And no amount of draft picks, no amount of trades, and there's no value that can replace that. Unless you're giving us Zion Williamson and Luka Doncic, there's nothing that can replace something like that. The Pistons haven't had the first overall pick in 50 years and have never moved up with their own draft pick in the lottery until this year. Don't mess it up. Don't try to get too cute. Just take Cade, keep it simple, and set your franchise on the good path that it's already on. And now let's send it over to our Odyssey expert, Mike Stone from 97.1 The Ticket. Kane Cunningham fits with the players greatly because he can do a little of everything. I mean, because with his wingspan, he's a really good defender. He's a really good shooter. He creates, and he has that ability where he'll let other people, you know, shine. He's not a ball hog. He, and everything you hear about him is a great team guy. And when you have a lot of young players as well, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, those type of guys, Jeremy Grant's not exactly an old guy either, they have a nucleus of young players, and I think it's a great fit. Knowing Troy Weaver may get another first-round pick. They're really starting to build something in Detroit, and Cade Cunningham just puts the whole thing in a bag and just wraps it up. Another member of our crew is Jimmy Patos from Odyssey. He started his coaching career in 1989. He was a head coach of Sienna most recently for five years, head coach at Loyola, Maryland, an assistant at Maryland. He was the MAC coach of the year in 2012. He's got this thing covered top to bottom. And Jimmy Patos gives his take on what he's seeing early in this NBA draft with the number one pick of Cade Cunningham going to the Pistons. This is Jimmy Patos, the NBA insider with Odyssey. We're talking about Cade Cunningham being the number one draft pick for the Detroit Pistons. This is a simple equation. Detroit needs to get better in every area. Cade Cunningham covers every area. He can pass, he can shoot. He shot over 40% from the field and from the three. But what he does is he can pass when he has elite teammates. Remember, he was getting double teamed. He was getting covered. Every defense was planned. Everything any opponent did to stop Oklahoma State was focused on stopping Cade Cunningham. So I think in that sense, he's going to have Jeremy Grant on his team. He's got Killian Hayes. He's got a few younger guys. Troy Weaver's going to continue to do his magic there. The question is, is Cade Cunningham going to turn this around in one, two, or three years? I don't know if he's a Michael Jordan type, maybe more of a Magic Johnson type, where it might take some time and he might need some players on his team. But I will tell you this, he's the easy pick at number one. Detroit just has to take him, and you just have to start building around Cade Cunningham. What's up, everybody? Linda Godfrey here with the Locked On Pokes Daily Podcast, and today I'm here to talk to you about the all but consensus number one pick in the 2021 NBA Draft. Cade Cunningham is a six foot eight inch point guard out of Oklahoma State University, who, as a freshman, we saw put up 20.1 points per game. He came down with 6.2 rebounds per game. He is an elite passer and an elite game manager, and whichever NBA team does end up with him is going to see an immediate impact from his play on the court. His basketball IQ is only second to his character. He is a clutch basketball player showing up over and over again for the Cowboys at the end of basketball games. And I cannot wait to see what he does in the NBA. Well, Chad, we've heard from Jimmy Pottos and, and, and Linda gave us the breakdown from Oklahoma State. No surprise there. We've broken down Cade Cunningham. So now Houston has a big decision. Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. And Chad, what do you think is going into this decision for Houston of whether they take Jalen Green or Evan Mobley? Well, it's, it's a really complicated decision because they're both really good prospects and you can make the argument for either one. They're very different type of prospects, though. And so from the analytics side, which Houston is, is heavily relied on in the past, uh, really Daryl Morey got that, got that whole revolution really started in Houston. Uh, it, it's Evan Mobley clearing away any of the analytics folks that you talk about. Evan Mobley, this freakish seven-footer who can really do so many different things, both offensively and defensively, and he does it at seven foot. It's it's crazy. But then there's Jalen Green, who does one thing 
that you know is going to be special in the league and that score. And he's the sexiest prospect in this draft. He is the guy that's going to garner the YouTube highlights. He's going to be the guy that's going to be making Sports Center every night. And if you're the Rockets and you're the owner of the Rockets and you have a franchise that is really, you know, a few years ago had James Harden and Chris Paul and now it is decimated. You want that guy that can excite the fan base and get everybody sort of back in buying tickets and being excited about the Houston Rockets uh, again. And so it's a really difficult pick. To me, Evan Mobley's the better prospect, but you can make the argument that Jalen Green is the guy that uh, lights a fire under a franchise um, and gets them going. And so, you know, I know there's a big internal debate right now in Houston about which direction do you go? Do you go with the best player available or do you go with a player that's also going to be great, by the way, but maybe the guy that ends up making the Rockets relevant again? And Cleveland's got to be dying hoping they hope Jalen Green because the last thing they need is another guard. Uh, yeah, they, they absolutely. I mean, maybe because I think Colin Sexton may not end up being back in Cleveland uh, next year. And if that's the case, then I think you can put Darius Garland and, and Jalen Green together. So I think that's that's an okay scenario given where Cleveland is looking. But Evan Mobley makes perfect sense with the, the roster that they have right now. You fit him right between Jared Allen um, at the five and then Isaac Okoro, who was their top five pick last year um, at the three. Uh, and Evan Mobley, I think this is where he thrives is not thinking about him as a center, but thinking about him as a four and possibly even weirdly, maybe even a three. He's got some three parts to his game as well. And so it, I, I think I think if you're just sort of looking at sort of logical fit, then that's sort of how you hope it goes. But I, I think Houston has to consider Mobley. I know they have Christian Wood, but I think they have to consider him here because Mobley's ceiling is so much higher than Christian Wood's will ever be. He's Chad Ford. Catch him on Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. He's got a Substack NBA Big Board as well, and he is the draft guru. He'll be with us throughout. Number two pick is next on the Ultimate Mock Draft, NBA Mock Draft 2021, a Locked On and Odyssey production. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Rockets now in the midst of a rebuild are on the board, guys. And, and Richard, there's some interesting names here in this draft. Jalen Green... Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, of those players, let's talk about them a little bit. Give me a quick take on Green, Mobley, Suggs, and anyone else who you think should be in the conversation inside the Rockets uh, draft room right now. Yeah, I think it has to be one of those three players. Jalen Suggs is one of the highest floor players in the draft, does just about everything right with a really good ceiling, but isn't, you know, that superstar upside Evan Mobley is that building block center who is probably going to be an all-star, almost a unicorn in what he does. And then Jalen Green is a freak athlete, the very best athlete in the class, I think. And he can score at all three levels and potentially facilitate. Yeah, I, I agree more. Um, I do think that Jalen Suggs, in my opinion, is the best fit, especially if they are going to play Kevin Porter Jr. I know there's some concerns there about the intel and the character that's why they were able to get him for some peanuts and some m&ms from cleveland but i think a jalen suggs kevin porter jr backcourt i think that can be dynamic all right give me the best thing on each of these guys jalen green suggs and mobley Raphael stark give me the best thing in your mind on each of those three guys so a mobley i mean you you can go with his upside as a defender. I mean, there's not many guys that we've seen in the history of basketball with his size and fluidity. I think he's a good passer. I believe he has a high upside as a shooter. Jalen Green is a, a, a freakish athlete. I think he's going to be a big-time scorer. And then Jalen Suggs, in my opinion, is the perfect modern-day NBA point guard. I think he's going to be a high-level defender. I think he's going to be a good table setter. If you watched Gonzaga all year, you know that he was a quarterback, and I think he is going to be a guy that quarterbacks a team 
to a lot of success, maybe even the NBA championship. John Hollinger, former GM, now of Hollinger and Duncan, compared him to Jason Kidd. Do you buy that? Better shooter, which is tough to say because Jason Kidd finished as one of the all-time greatest three-point shooters in NBA history. But from where they are at the same stages of their career, I think Suggs is a better shooter. I think Kidd was still more dynamic because Kidd could dominate a game without scoring. It's a tough comparison, maybe a little bit between Jason Kidd and a little bit of Chauncey Billups. I see that as probably the best comparison. Richard, what worries you about any of those guys? I think Jalen Green's the one I'm lowest on of the three of them. I worry about his ball handling and being able to use his athleticism in-game. You talked about functional athleticism and while he does have that, he clearly checks the boxes on that. I just wonder how he uses, you know, his ball handling athleticism combination. That's something he needs to get better at. All right, the Rockets pick is in while we discussed it. Number two pick, the beginning of the rebuild. Jackson Gatlin is the host of Locked on Rockets. Jackson Gatlin here from the Locked on Rockets podcast. And with the number two overall pick in the ultimate mock draft, the Houston Rockets select guard Jalen Green of the G League Ignite. Jalen Green is such an exciting prospect in this year's NBA draft. He truly has the potential, I believe, and, and so as do many others, to become a, you know a really elite talent in the NBA. His ability to create separation already at his age in the G League, playing against legitimate competition, is so impressive. He can get his shot off pretty much at will whenever he wants. Not only that, he's a quality shooter, shot almost 37% from behind the arc in the G League. He's bouncy. He's a freak athlete. He can get to the rim with ease. He's got incredible uh, ability, gravity to you know kind of hang in the air and, and you know absorb contact, finish at the rim. He really is the total offensive package. There may be some questions about his defense, but you can't question his drive and his desire to be one of the best. Every time you hear this kid talk, he talks about wanting to improve, wanting to be one of the best, wanting to put in all the work that he needs to do. Came into the G League, knew that defense was an area he wanted to work on. It wouldn't surprise me to see him turn into a two-way player one day. The offensive package is already there, but based on all the interviews, based on everything we've heard from him, he has the drive and that killer mentality to be successful at the next level. And now let's send it over to our Odyssey expert, Adam Spolin from Sports Radio 610. At six foot five, Jalen Green projects as the best scoring prospect in this year's draft, and that makes him a great fit for a Houston Rockets team that finished 27th in offensive efficiency last season as it looks to replace perennial MVP candidate James Harden. Green will fit seamlessly into Steven Silas's fast-paced offense as he showed himself to be elite with the ball in transition while playing in the G League bubble. He'll have to get better in a half-court setting, but he's a wonderful athlete who knows how to get to the rim, finish in traffic, and draw fouls. Green knows how to handle the basketball, and that makes him ideal as a pick-and-roll trigger man, and he's shown himself to be a willing and effective passer. He shot over 36% from behind the NBA three-point line while playing in the G League, but that is one area of his game where he'll have to be more consistent, especially catch-and-shoot threes. On the defensive end of the floor, Green will need to add strength to his 165-pound frame so he can become more versatile as a defender. With the way he played in the G League, Green showed that he can step in and make an impact right away. But with John Wall, Eric Gordon, and Kevin Porter Jr. already occupying spots on the Rockets roster, they can ease Green into the fold and he can learn how to be more of a factor off the ball. Ultimately, the Rockets' backcourt of the future will feature Green with the 21-year-old Porter, who averaged 17 points and 6 assists while playing point guard for the first time after the All-Star break. They will look to pair the two guards with highly skilled center Christian Wood, who averaged 21 points per game during his first season in Houston. The Rockets will have the foundation for what could be one of the NBA's best offenses under Silas, who has a reputation as being one of the league's brightest offensive minds. The Rockets were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the NBA a year ago, so surrounding that trio with more shooting will be imperative for them to improve and an area of need they can address with the other two picks they have in the first round. Thanks, Adam. This is co-host Cody joined with Sam Ferris of the Draft Dummies. We are here at the Locked On NBA Draft Expert Desk. Sam, the first two picks are in. What are your thoughts? So it goes... Cade Cunningham, number one, followed by Jalen Green going second off the board. 
And Cody, my initial thoughts are those are the top two guys on my board and they go one, two here. I think Cade Cunningham is the perfect fit for the modern NBA. He's a big wing that can handle, can run pick and roll, can hit pull up jump shots and can also set up his teammates. He's just the guy that a team can really build around in the modern NBA. And then Jalen Green is a fantastic scoring guard. A guy that I almost look at in the mold of a, a Bradley Beal with a little bit more elite high-end athleticism. So you ask me, that is a fantastic start to this draft for both the Pistons and the Rockets. Yeah, absolutely. If you listen to our show, you will know that we are very high on Jalen Green and we think his ceiling is right up there as well with Cade Cunningham. Uh, Sam, do you think that Mobley and Suggs are the next two picks here? I think it's certainly likely. Most people have those guys next on their boards. For me, in terms of next best player available, it's very close between the two. I lean Suggs, then Mobley, but I could certainly see it going either way. All right, well, let's send it back to David, Raphael, and Richard. Richard, you said that Jalen Green was the one you were lowest on. Are you surprised that's where the Rockets pulled the trigger there? A little bit. I do think he does have the number one ceiling in the class, so I understand the risk-taking. But like I said, I mean, there's a risk involved with, you know, his frame needs to get better, his defense needs to get better, and his ball handling, like I said, needs to get better to be able to unlock that star upside. Raphael, we're talking about this league going small and all this. I think the league's just going skilled. Last time I checked, like, Jokic and Embiid were some of the most impactful players. How are we passing on a 6'11 guy right now? Well, in my opinion, Evan Mobley is, I mean, I think he's at best going to be a number two option or complimentary player to a wing superstar. You look at a guy like Anthony Davis, before he partnered up with LeBron, I think he won one playoff series. You look at Chris Bosh, who he's also compared to, I don't think he won a single playoff series until he played with LeBron. So I think Evan Mobley is going to need a dynamic wing in order to maximize his potential as a winner. Cleveland Cavaliers are on the clock. They're discussing their pick right now. All the Colin Sexton talk about them trading. What does Cleveland do right now? And what? let's, let's back up to that. There's been so much talk about them trading Colin Sexton. Raphael, what is your feeling on Sexton, Garland, what the Cavaliers have right now and how this pick folds into that? Well, I think the trade talk with Colin Sexton would be, if the draft goes like this, then I think it would be kind of eliminated. I think if Jalen Green would have been available, then I think that's when everything would have heated up because I think it would have been tough to bring all three guards as far as Darius Garland, Jalen Green, and Colin Sexton in the camp and tell Sexton, hey, we want you to be the sixth man after averaging 24 a game. Yeah, it's a tough situation to bring in just another guard when they've drafted now, I think, three of the last four drafts, right, as a point guard. So it's really hard to see them going that direction. All right, let's go to Cleveland's pick is in. Let's go and check out what Locked On Cavaliers has done in their NBA draft room. Hey, everyone. Evan Damerell here, co-host of Locked On Cavs. With the third pick in the 2021 Locked On NBA mock draft, on behalf of the Cleveland Cavaliers, my co-host Chris Manning and myself select Southern California big man Evan Mobley. Other than getting the first overall pick and taking Cade Cunningham, landing third for Cleveland was their most ideal situation heading into this draft because they got to pick between the best player available and whoever was left when it came to Jalen Green and Mobley. With Mobley now in the fold, the Cavaliers can kick the can down the line a little bit when it comes to paying restricted free agent big man Jared Allen, but they can also play them together and form a formidable defensive duo that is impossible to score on on the inside. Mobley shows a lot of flashes of Chris Bosh and even Anthony Davis, so the Cavaliers really got a true unicorn, as overblown as that comparison in term is, but it's just such a good pickup for Cleveland because they finally have a centerpiece that they can build around and envision their future and go forward with and also figure out what they have with this young core, whether it's Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, Isaac Okoro, you name it. This is a stellar pick for Cleveland, and personally, as an Evan, I'm a little bit biased, so the Evan-to-Evan connection is fun as well. But this is a great pick for the Cavaliers, like I said, and this will be a franchise-altering talent for them, and hopefully puts them in the right direction of making the playoffs once again, but for the first time without LeBron James as Dan Gilbert as the owner. Hey, I'm Cindy Robinson, host of Locked On Pac-12, here to give you a quick breakdown of Evan Mobley out of USC. 
power forward slash center. He's one of the top prospects in this NBA draft, and for good reason. He has a ton of upside. He can handle the ball in the open court. He has an advanced offensive game and good range when it comes to shooting. He's an above-the-rim player, always looking for an opportunity to dunk, and can make plays in transition. He's also a great defensive threat. He has quick reflexes and does a good job crashing the boards. He demonstrates a high IQ on the floor and is constantly improving. The small downside is his size. He has a skinnier frame, so he technically lacks power, especially in that power forward center position. If he's able to gain weight and get stronger, he'll be a complete force on any team. All right, three picks are in. Let's go over to a Odyssey expert and find out what's going on from the reaction with Mike Chico Borman on the Cavaliers' third pick in Evan Mobley. So as we get closer to draft night, a lot of speculation who the Cavs are going to be looking at. Obviously, we mentioned Jalen Green. We mentioned Jalen Suggs. For some reason, a lot of folks have not mentioned Evan Mobley uh, with this pick at three. And I think a lot of it stems from, well, you have Jared Allen. You're most likely going to hang on to Jared Allen. So you don't need another big man, and they wouldn't be able to play together. And I don't quite understand that thinking. I think if Houston does go with Jalen Green and Evan Mobley is available at three, I think it is a very, very good pick. This is a guy that at USC really came on strong, certainly in the second half of the year in the tournament, but a great run for USC. But on top of that, you know, his offensive game is getting better. His defensive game, I think, is already there. Uh, sure, there's going to be a little bit of awkwardness, I guess, as far as him and Jared Allen on the, on the, on the floor together. But I think eventually you're going to see Jared Allen be able to shoot a little bit more from the perimeter. Mobley, I think, already fits that mold and is only going to get better. So I think he fits fine with the Cavaliers if indeed he is their pick at three. Three picks are into the draft. The Raptors are on the board. Will we have any surprises in day one? And who of these top five is most likely to not break through and be a rotation player. All that as we continue on the ultimate 2021 NBA Mock Draft production of Odyssey and the Lockdown Podcast Network. Ultimate 2021 NBA Mock Draft continuing production of Lockdown Podcast Network and Odyssey. Subscribe on your Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast. The Toronto Raptors are on the board. They're in an interesting position. Where are they as a franchise? They have these incredible pieces in Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Kyle Lowry's a free agent this year. How? What do you? Let's start with that. Like I'm not sure where I think the the compass of the Raptors is pointing and where this franchise is heading. Are they verging on a major rebuild? Are they trying to put that final piece back in that gets them back to championship level? Or are they about to get stuck in that mid-level, Richard? Yeah, I think they're flirting with disaster being near that mid-level area. And I think they just need to go for any talent possible right now. I don't think they really can be picky with what position they go after. Raphael, if they go Jalen Suggs here, can he replace Kyle Lowry? I think so. I think so. I feel like out of all the teams in the top five, they are still the closest to being able to get back into the playoffs. And Suggs, I think, would be the ideal person to replace Kyle Lowry. I think there's some similarities as far as, like, toughness. And I think Suggs would be a, a, a great fit. And then he, he also won't be expected to do as much. He just has to come in and be himself and just kind of set the table. So I think Suggs to the Raptors makes the most sense. Cunningham, Green, and Mobley are off the board. Where do the Raptors go next? Let's head to the Locked On Raptors NBA Draft Room. Sean Woodley here from Locked On Raptors, and with the fourth pick in the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, the Toronto Raptors are taking Jalen Suggs, the guard out of Gonzaga, who really checks a ton of boxes here for the Raptors, who are extremely lucky to have moved up to number four in the first place to take him. Of course, the number one thing that comes to mind is the Raptors might be losing Kyle Lowry this offseason. He's a franchise icon, the best player in team history, and there's no better way to pass the baton off than to give it to a guy who has all-star potential in Jalen Suggs at the same position. So that's checkbox number one. The next thing, too, is that Jalen Suggs really fits the Raptors' timeline. They have Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam already on their second contracts. The time is ticking before they become 
unrestricted free agents. And the Raptors need to maximize this window now. Those guys have championship experience. They have the DNA to be a good team. Their defense should kind of respond and bounce back. And they'll be playing at home next season, of course, to kind of rectify things and ensure that they're in the playoff conversation once again. And Suggs figures to be a guy who can come in and if not be the number one ball handler from day one, be a really good secondary creator, a guy who can really break down a half-court defense as well, which has been a problem for the Raptors since Kawhi Leonard left. And while, you know, Jonathan Kaminga and Scotty Barnes feature as guys who maybe could be molded by the Raptors' vaunted development staff into superstars one day, it's just going to take time with those guys, time the Raptors don't really have, and Jalen Suggs has star potential right now. So that's the pick, Jalen Suggs, number four to the Raptors in the Ultimate Mock Draft. No surprises from We Are the North. Jalen Suggs moves into that position. Let's go get a reaction immediately from Stephen Carr of our Locked on Gonzaga show. Stephen Carr has been watching Jalen Suggs, the amazing Gonzaga Bulldog run over the last few years, and seeing Suggs this last year with all of his incredible moments. Let's get his take on what he sees taking place from this youngster now heading north in Jalen Suggs. Stephen Carr here with Locked on Zags, coming to you talking about Jalen Suggs, who I think has arguably the highest floor of any player in this draft. He may not have the franchise-altering, generational talent kind of ceiling, but if you're looking for someone who is a safe bet to be a 10-year starter with multiple All-Star games, Jalen Suggs is that guy. He's incredibly good in transition, fantastic in open space. I think he's the best ball screen decision maker in this draft, something he perfected at Gonzaga, but he's also incredibly unselfish. He does not need the ball in his hands at all times in order to make an impact on the game, and he's gonna do whatever he needs to do to help a team win. Uh, His 6'4 frame helps him defensively, helps him rebounding as well. There are some concerns um, about his shooting. He's never been a consistent catch and shoot guy throughout his career. But with the overall talent and maturity, I think that makes Jalen Suggs a surefire top five pick in the NBA draft. Hi, Jimmy Patsos here with Odyssey. NBA insider, we got the number four pick, the Toronto Raptors. They come through with Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, who played quarterback in high school. Jalen Suggs from the Minnesota Sizzle on the Under Armour Circuit. Player of the year. Chet Holgram's mentor, who's now going to go to Gonzaga. There's not a lot more you can say about Jalen Suggs except this. He just wins. He's got toughness, which beside the GM of the Raptors likes. He's interchangeable. He can step right in and play next to Van Fleet. Lowry, and we love Kyle Lowry. I work for the Wizards. I've seen Kyle Lowry for three years. Tremendous guy, takes charges, does a little bit of everything, makes big shots, and he's an NBA champion. But that's a lot of money on the salary cap table. With Jalen Suggs, he can get in and play right away for the Raptors. Great market for him because he's kind of a loyalty fan favorite. And they are just tremendous fans up in Toronto. You know, what they did, embracing Kawhi, and then I know he left and that was tough. Toronto may be the perfect fit for Jalen Suggs. I do want to say this. Jalen Suggs took the plunge and went to Gonzaga. He wasn't afraid. His brother wasn't coaching like Cade Cunningham's brother at Oklahoma State. Nothing wrong with that, but it's a little different. His father wasn't on the bench like Evan Mobley. He went to USC. Suggs said, I'll go out into the unknown, earn my keep, beat out the point guard who transferred from Florida who was supposed to start here at Gonzaga, lead us to the national title game, compete, share the ball, and he can score when he has to. I think he's the perfect fit for the Raptors. It's a perfect draft choice. And look for the Raptors to make the playoffs again. They got some new pieces coming in. They got some guys that were hurt healthy again. And I think Jalen Suggs is a win now guy and the absolute best fit for the Raptors. All right, when you guys started this today on our main desk, each of you had this draft as more than four deep. Richard, I think you even said you thought it was six deep. Who are your other two guys? Because when this all started, most people had this just as four deep. Yeah, I still have Jonathan Kaminga and James Booknight as the top of the top still left over. Let me let me get a quick Booknight. Some of the numbers on Booknight are disturbing frankly right so 43rd percentile isolation scoring great athletic numbers 14th percentile and spot up shooting off the bounce dribbles this year i I think he was you know about 41 percent effective field goal percentage two of nine on open catch and shoots what makes you like book night that much 
Yeah, I still just buy his scoring, and I don't know if UConn was a great situation for him, and the injuries that he suffered throughout the year didn't help either. You know, he had a 40-point game against a top-40 defense in Creighton this year, and I think that game is a huge flash as to why we should believe in his scoring upside. Raphael, for those people who've been watching NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube or listening to you on Locked On NBA Draft, where do you break? Do you have a four-person draft? I have it at about a – I have it as a six-person draft, but – Two of the first four that have been drafted, I think, are locks for a play on words. But the other two are a little bit more risky, and that would be Kaminga and Scotty Barnes. Okay, same question I just kind of asked Richard about Kaminga. Kaminga's G League Ignite numbers, and it's hard to look at the numbers on G League Ignite. We don't have any track record of what they mean. But frankly, just on the simple level, Jalen Green's were really, really good, and Jonathan Kaminga's were really, really bad. So what makes you overlook some of the lack of efficiency in the G League by Kaminga to feel like he's going to be okay at this next step. Yeah, I think he was a little bit overmatched by grown men. You know, I think he's newer to basketball. Raphael, correct me if I'm wrong, than Jalen Green. And I think he kind of showed in the G League Ignite, uh, you know, in the bubble with the G League Ignite, he was overmatched by players that have been playing basketball too long that could exploit him very easily. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's late to basketball. And then I feel like this was his first really high-level competition. NBA scouts missed out on him and as far as, like, the basketball without borders. I know there were a few other events that were big time that he would have been able to play against other high-level players. So I think he made a tremendous jump. He started off well, but once teams kind of caught on to him, he kind of struggled a little bit. But he's only 18 years old. He classed up. He's supposed to actually be in next year's draft class, so... I still think the upside is there. All right. I sometimes get worried when players don't have their Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours. I know that's been debunked a little bit, and that David Epstein and Range has some different theories on that. But I will tell you, I think it's very, very hard to learn in the NBA, like to learn the game. I think back about Jordan Hill, who was a top 10 pick that never panned out. The big thing everyone loved about him in the draft was he hadn't played the game. And when he got in the NBA, you know what he looked like? He hadn't played the game. And there's some elements where trying to think through the NBA is virtually impossible. This league is that good and that fast. All right, number five pick is about to be in. But first, let's check back over with our friend Chad Ford and see what he's seeing in this. The top three are off the board. Number four, Jalen Suggs went to Toronto. It's interesting, Chad, when the year started, those were kind of the four guys everybody had on on top. It changed a little bit as the year went on. And now Orlando's on the number five. Oklahoma City will draft tomorrow in the mock draft, day two. It's a five-day production here, so make sure you've subscribed to the Ultimate Mock Draft on your Odyssey app or where you get your podcast. What is the next tier of guys here? What's Orlando looking at? Orlando, Orlando's got a couple of options that they can go now. They've got Scotty Barnes. Uh, who is a big 6'8", 7'3", wingspan point guard. I think that's what he is. Questions about whether he can shoot the basketball or or what drop him a little bit lower. Then you've got uh, Jonathan Kaminga, who was the number one guy in his draft class, but then reclassified into this draft class. So he's one of the youngest players in this draft and and falls a little bit because he's just raw. He's a guy that ne- not necessarily is going to come in and make an impact right away, but already, interestingly, has an NBA body. He may have actually best body of any of the top guys that are out there. And then you and then there's probably another tier after that, David, with Davian Mitchell, uh, with Keon Johnson, with James Booknight out of UConn, uh, with Franz Wagner uh, out of Michigan, and Alpern and Sengun, who is one of the mystery guys in this draft, the Turkish big man that won MVP of the Turkish League, and that's a really good league at 18 years old. That's that's unprecedented. That's like Luka Doncic sort of stuff. Um, he's a sort of an old school big man, which concerns some teams, but the production in Europe has just been incredible. That's the sort of next scrum of, of prospects that I think will go somewhere in the neighborhood of five to 10 uh, on draft nine. When you look at Kaminga, he did not have good G League Ignite numbers. We've never had G League Ignite yet. How do we know what to look at in regards to G League Ignite performances? Yeah, it's, it's tough for the analytics crew because we just don't really have comps to sort of go back and compare. But I will say that for the traditional scouts that I've talked to, 
they actually felt that the translation between G League and the NBA was much more an apples to apples comparison than college basketball is. The level of competition is higher. The players that those young people were playing against every night were either NBA players or players that had been drafted. Uh, they were the best players coming out of college. Uh, many of them were older. They ran NBA sets. They went through NBA style practices every day that the the preparation that Jalen Green got, that Jonathan Kaminga got, that Isaiah Todd and Dacian Nix got, for most scouts is better than anything that they would have got in college basketball. So I actually think that they feel like success in the G League should be an easier translation to success in the NBA. I think that you have to also then take that with a grain of salt with Kaminga. He was the youngest player in the G League. Uh, playing against guys that sometimes were five, six, seven, even eight years older um, than him. Sometimes he looked lost out there, but some of that's to be expected when you sort of look at his trajectory, him skipping um, essentially his senior year of of high school to sort of do this. Uh, I, I think all of that screams, you know, to 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 me, be patient with this guy. Don't read too much into the fact that he looked lost and struggled. He was young. He had a great learning experience here. And if he puts on the work, he could be he could be fantastic. There's a lot of Kawhi Leonard to his game. He's just not there yet. He's Chad Ford. Remember, live draft show coming live out of the WFAA studios in Dallas. It'll be an OTT TV program for you on Amazon Fire as well as Roku. You can watch it on Locked On NBA YouTube. It'll start at 7 a.m. Eastern on draft night. It will have Chad Ford. It will have our own Rafael Barlow. It'll John Corrales will host it and all the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network. Let's go to one of those right now. Time for Orlando. The fifth pick is in. Let's see what the Orlando Magic draft room does with our final pick of day one of our ultimate mock draft. Philip Rossman-Reich from the Locked On Magic Podcast here with the fifth pick in the ultimate mock draft. The Orlando Magic select Jonathan Kuminga from the G League Ignite. Look, for the longest time, this was considered a five-person draft. Somehow, this became a four-plus-one-person draft. You could tell by the Jeff Boltman's look when the Magic's name was revealed at number five. But somehow, Jonathan Kuminga has still become a bit underrated. Yes, Kuminga is the rawest of the, of the top prospects in this draft. He's the one that has the longest way to go. But undoubtedly, too, he has the physicality and the size to be a strong NBA player and still the scoring potential to be a star player in this league. There's no guarantee that Jonathan Kuminga gets there, and certainly the, the backstop of his game is a little bit lower. He could bust very, very easily. But the way that he played in the G League Ignite, the way that he played in, in the bubble there, showed that he can play with professionals. And for an Orlando Magic team desperate for a star, this is the kind of gamble the team should take. Take the best player on the board. And that's Jonathan Kuminga. And now, let's send it over to our Odyssey expert, NBA champion, and the White Mamba himself, Brian Scalabrini. Here's what I like about Jonathan Kuminga. First of all, wingspan. He's got a seven-foot wingspan. He sits at 6'8". He's got a really nice stroke, even though he didn't shoot a great percentage in for the G League Ignite. I like the fact that he was playing against other guys that were trying to be professionals. I think this is the type of guy that does have a high ceiling. Think Patrick Williams, ultimate high ceiling would be Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, those guys are hard to come by. Those guys are the ones that really put in that extra work. If Jonathan Kaminga is a hard worker, he will be a borderline all-star to an all-NBA player. But if he loves the lifestyle of being in the NBA, these are the things that can really hurt him. People have tell, told him his whole life he is a talented guy who is going to go to the NBA. Now he has to work like those guys. The Orlando Magics need guard play. If Markel Fultz comes back and he's fine, you add Cole Anthony to the mix, I would love to see some versatile guards, even wing players who can defend and shoot the three. The biggest thing with the Magic last year did not shoot the three ball well. They need more space on the floor to work. If the offense is going to flow, if the offense is going to run, they need to have guys on the outside that can hit consistent shots. I like their team. Their team has the ability to really surprise people next year. Next year, I'm, jo I'm a big fan of Jonathan Isaac. Love the way that he plays. Two-way player. Has to get more consistent with his shooting, but that goes for Markel Fultz as well. I would look to add a Jalen Suggs type, a Jonathan Kaminga type. If you can get a guy that you believe has length, defensive versatility, and can shoot the ball, that is exactly what they need to take that next step into going to the playoffs 
In a couple of years, they will have cap space, and Orlando's not a bad place to live. Thank you, Scal. It is Sam Ferris here, as always, joined by co-host Cody. We are the NBA Draft experts as part of the Locked On NBA Draft channel here at the NBA Draft Expert Desk. Cody, we're wrapping up day one coverage. We already knew the picks of Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green earlier. As we predicted, it goes Mobley, Suggs, and then at five, Jonathan Kaminga goes. Give me your initial thoughts here. Well, I was a little uh, intrigued to see that Mobley went to Cleveland with all the Colin Sexton rumors. I know that you are a big Jalen Suggs fan. If they do indeed trade Sexton, I would have liked Suggs pick there. I know you would have, but you can't deny the versatility and the upside of Evan Mobley. Yep, and then at number five, that's kind of the first area here where we do diverge from you know, uh, our personal philosophy and ranking of these prospects, Cody and I are just a little bit lower on Jonathan Kaminga in terms of maybe his median and lower end outcomes. Um, so, though I do think that is kind of the pick that we expected, to me, Cody, it is a guy that I am just a bit lower on compared to those top four guys. Yep, he's got the physical tools, but in my mind, he could be a little bit James Wiseman-y for this year's class. Well, the Orlando Magic are going through a full-blown rebuild. They made a few trades at the deadline, sending out some of their veteran stars like Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier. Aaron Gordon went out as well. And so they bring in Jonathan Kaminga, who's a versatile wing. He has the athletic talent to be a two-way player. He played for the G League Ignite this year. So he's another young piece for Orlando's rebuild. I, I like his ability as a screener and roller and pick and roll action. I think you can throw some lobs to him at or above the rim. And I liked his length and strength when I watched him play for the G League Ignite. He has a good frame. I think his shooting needs some work. Uh, he shot just 24% from the three-point line and 62% from the free throw line. But he's another young, talented piece for the Orlando Magic and new head coach Jamal Mosley to build around as they try to build through the draft with young talent. Orlando has a lot of young talent on their roster, but they do have a little bit of logjam now at the wing positions and the forward positions. Uh, they'll need to sort that out. They did trade away Aaron Gordon at the deadline last year, but they still have Jonathan Isaac, who missed most of last season with an injury. Uh, they have Markel Fultz coming back from injury as well. So that'll be a question. What do they do with Otto Porter, uh, who's going to be an unrestricted free agent? Uh, th this pick with Kaminga leads me to believe Porter's probably on his way out the door. So again, it's another young, versatile piece. I think the way that teams are built now in the NBA you can't have too many talented, versatile wings. Kaminga has some work to do on his shooting in particular, um, but he's got the size, length, strength, and athleticism to be a really good player. Uh, he's going to need time to develop those, which is why I think Orlando's the right situation for him. They, they did not build this team for now. They built this team for the future, and they have a talented young piece on the wing, and Jonathan Kaminga, um, who their young core has a chance to build around and grow with over the next few years. Well, day one of the 2021 Ultimate Mock Draft is in the books. Jonathan Kaminga wraps up our top five, and we go back to our main desk after hearing from always the fun Brian Scalabrini as well as the draft dummies of Locked On NBA Draft. Remember, you can subscribe to Locked On NBA Draft as well to get all the updates as we move toward the draft. The Ultimate Mock Draft will have another episode for you out tomorrow, or if you're binge listening to this, we appreciate it very much. All right, guys. Day, day one's in the books. How realistic to when the mock when the actual draft happens that these five players will be the first five players taken? I, I think that this is probably the way it's going to go. Maybe you, you can see Green and Mobley flip, but other than that, I mean, I think it went it's, it's close to what I expected to go on the NBA draft. Yeah, I think it's at some order it's going to be these four players, barring NBA teams, really overthinking the, the first four picks. The comment from Raphael earlier was the first four are locks. Traditionally, actually, one of the five doesn't pan out. So that would mean Kaminga is the one who's kind of on the edge. And the Orlando Magic, once again, are one pick off where they need to be in life. Richard, would you put any doubt in any of the first four uh, in any way? No, I, I do think Kaminga is probably the most dangerous of the consensus top five players. And that is why he hasn't been chosen yet. All right. We're five picks into the NBA Ultimate Mock Draft tomorrow. On the board with major trade rumors flying, Oklahoma sitting at six, Golden State sitting at seven, the Magic are sitting at eight, 
The Kings are sitting at nine, but I'm telling you, there are major trade rumors floating around the Locked On Odyssey Ultimate 2021 NBA Mock Draft for day two. We'll be back with you. I'm David Locke on behalf of Richard Stamen and Raphael Barlow, as well as Chad Ford, Brian Scalabrini, Jimmy Patos, Ryan McDonough, and our Locked On experts, as well as the local sports talk show hosts of the Odyssey Sports Network. It's all part of the ultimate 2021 NBA Mock Draft. And on draft night, we have you covered as well as Chad Ford, Rafael Barlow, you're hearing here, and Locked On host John Krause will be hosting a live NBA draft show 2021 brought to you by Built Bar, getting the local experts analysis you're hearing here all as it happens. It's July 29th. It's a 7 o'clock Eastern. It's on the Locked On NBA YouTube as well as all many uh, Amazon Fire and uh, Roku apps as well. But grab it on YouTube at Locked On NBA Draft Night. All these same voices, all these same names in the live draft show as well. It's all part of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey Sports Network. It's the ultimate mock draft. Picks 6 through 10 tomorrow will be released. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.